Good morning, Radiant. It's been seven days since we last gathered together this way, and a lot changes in seven days in the pandemic. You've also probably discovered that a stay-at-home order brings with it a lot of thoughts and emotions, emotions of loss and uh, not seeing your child play sports this spring, uh, weariness of the constant activity in a crowded home that doesn't come to an end, um, even surprise that maybe this change of pace isn't such a, a bad thing, and fear, a whole laundry list of fears. But we don't like talking about fears, uh, especially in the church. Uh, isn't fear a bad thing? I mean, doesn't fear show a distrust or a lack of trust in God? We've heard sermons our entire life, if you've been in church, about fear. As a matter of fact, last week when we gathered together, I spoke about being fearless. But I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. You see, I absolutely stand behind last week's message. The key to fearlessness is knowing that God is your God, that he's present, that he'll strengthen you, and he'll lift you up with his victorious right hand. However, I, living fearlessly and having no fears are not the same thing. See, if we mix those two up, we find ourselves playing games with our words and our thoughts. Games that not only are not helpful, but they can actually be harmful. We become dishonest with ourselves and others. We, we dismiss our actual fears and we use different terminology to kind of clean things up, that we are concerned or, or we are overwhelmed. But the problem is we are afraid and that's okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's more than just okay to be afraid. It's healthy, it's human, and it's helpful. You see, I believe that it's an important part towards living fearlessly. There's a Psalm that illustrates this, taking fear that leads to fearlessness. It's Psalm 56. David writes this psalm, reflecting back on an incident that happens in 1 Samuel, when he's running from King Saul and he runs to Gath. Now, Gath is the hometown of Goliath, the champion of the Philistines who he killed as a child. For him to run to Gath shows that David is really desperate. He runs there seeking refuge from Saul and he reflects his emotions during that time because when he gets there, he's not greeted well. The king uh, his advisors, they're not happy that he's there. So eventually David has to flee by pretending that he's insane. And this Psalm lays out his thoughts and his emotions during that time. Read with me, Psalm chapter 56. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long, an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long. For many attack me proudly when I am afraid I will put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? See, this very psalm opens up with David crying out for mercy, describing the problem he has. He's being attacked. He's being trampled. He's being oppressed by those who would chase after him. In this case, it's not just Saul. It's Saul and now the king of Gath. So in verse three, David says, when I am afraid, <laughs> David just admitted he's afraid. He's acknowledging his fear. It's a good thing. Now, the only way that you, you could accept me saying it's a good thing is if you have an understanding that not all fear is created equal. Here, fear is, is a reaction to a specific observable danger. The dangers he, he mentions in verses one and two, 
It's, it's a God-given wiring for us to be able to instinctively respond and react to threats. It's, it's what God has given us, the ability to, to analyze and plan and prepare when there's something that is threatening us. God has wired us this way for our benefit and for our protection. And then he moves on. When I am afraid, I trust in you. David chooses to trust God. And in order to trust God, he has to make a choice, a deliberate choice, a deliberate choice that overrides his emotions. It's a choice based on who he knows God is. It's very much like last week's message, that God is with you, that he's, he will strengthen you, and that he's present. So let's recap. David is threatened, David is afraid, and now he has a choice to make. And the choice he makes is putting his trust in God. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably have heard the idea that faith and fear are opposites. The idea behind this is to help us live by faith and not in fear. But the truth is they're not mutually exclusive. Oftentimes we experience both simultaneously, and that can be a good thing. You see, if there's no reason to fear, then there really isn't a reason for faith. Whether you fear coronavirus or God's plan for your life, Fear and faith, they go hand in hand. Then we come to verse four where David says, in God whose word I praise. You see, he's admitted that he's afraid. He's made a deliberate choice to trust God above his fears. And now he's revealing where that trust comes from. His reason for trusting God, well, it's his word. The value of who God says he is, it's very much uh, in support of what we talked about last week, that fearlessness comes from recognizing God is present, that he's your God, that he'll strengthen you and, and lift you up. And he goes on and says, if there's a therefore, I would put the therefore in there. He says, I shall not be afraid. David is not afraid, he's fearless. But let me, let me be clear that it's not a fearlessness because his circumstances have changed. It's not a fearlessness that comes because he's arrogantly dismissing the dangers that he's facing. It's not a fearlessness that is, is living in denial. All those things are true. What has taken place is that because he's taken a picture of God through God's word, his heart and his mind are settled as he considers the greatness of God, that there is a peace that God brings, a fearlessness that is a gift from God. And then he closes this verse out with, what can flesh do to me? You know, the, the things he laid out in verses one to two, when you stop and consider who God is, that he's your God, that he's present, that he will strengthen you. They don't even compare. It's like he was weighing them and the scales just tipped so much more on God's side. David still has to be vigilant. He still has to run. David still has problems, but he's not living in fear. Living in fear is, is a different kind of fear than the fear we talked about earlier. It's not the instinctive, reacting, well-planning, be-guarded fear that, that I think is healthy and human and helpful. This kind of fear, it begins to take hold and strangle us. Once we take legitimate fears and let them go unchecked, it becomes an obsession. It's an obsession that we begin to orient our life around. It's an obsession that begins to take control of our thoughts, our decisions, and our relationships. 
That's the fear that he shall not fear. That's the way that David's living. He shall not fear. He shall not be living in fear, but he'll be fearless. Now, if you continue to read through the Psalm, you're going to see that David does pretty much say that. He says, I am not afraid, but God, would you help me? He still has danger. He still has his threats, but he's saying, it's bigger than me, God. Can you do something with this? And then he begins to talk about God's care, his intimate closeness, and he reiterates his trust in God and gives him praise for his deliverance. But the heart of this psalm are those verses we just looked at. Psalm chapter 56, verses three through four. Now, if I could take that and summarize it in one statement, it would be this. When I am afraid, I shall not be afraid, which is a paradoxical statement. I, I understand that. But it's a statement with a lesson to us. And that lesson is this, that fear is an invitation to seek God and his way forward into fearlessness. Fear is an invitation for us to seek God and his way forward into fearlessness. And invitations present three possible options. We can accept the invitation, we could reject the invitation, or we could simply ignore the invitation. So what does it look like to accept that invitation in 2020 in the midst of the coronavirus? What's it look like to accept that invitation while we're living under a stay-at-home order when unemployment is climbing? What's it look like to accept the invitation? Well, let me give you a couple of things. First of all, I would say be honest with yourself. Be honest with God and be honest with others. You see, you can't give something over to God if you can't admit having something to give. Be honest about your fears. Here's where we say, God, I am scared, but I'm gonna trust in you. God, I trust that you're going to make this work out even if you work it out in a way that's different than I would prefer or like. The second thing would be this, give leadership to your thoughts. In the, the counseling office that I sit in, uh, there's a little train on the bookshelf, a little wooden train with little magnets that keep the letters together. And there's three letters, uh, T, E, and D, thoughts, emotions, and decisions. And we'll sit around and we'll, we'll intermix and change where those letters sit. And very often I find myself in a lot of trouble when I put that E train in the front, when my emotions are driving my thoughts, my thoughts are crazy and my decisions aren't good. But if I can move that D letter to the front, and if that's what's driving the train, the decisions based on faith, based on God's word, I make a decision, my thoughts will be informed by that decision. You know what? My emotions will follow. Give leadership to your thoughts, make a decision based on faith. Let your thoughts come out of that decision, out of truth, and your emotions will follow. And third, be a safe place for others to be honest with their emotions. And be careful not to put on guilt or shame someone for being afraid in this season, for sharing their, their anxiety or their concern or their worries. Don't add to that pile. Lift that burden off of them, validate their feelings but then help them see it as an invitation to trust God toward being fearless, towards not living in fear. You know, David, after all, he, he did not live in fear, but yet he had his fears. He had to run and he had to hide, but he wasn't being driven in fear. 
Now, if you're not a Christian, I, I would encourage you to also listen to the invitation that's there. There's an invitation for you as well. And that's to call on him. I gotta be honest with you, if I were sitting where you were sitting and, and, and didn't have God to put my trust in, I don't know what I would put my trust in. I don't know what I would turn to. I don't know where I would find a settled heart and a peace of mind in the midst of all my fears. God is inviting you to look to him. It's what we are all doing right now. We're all looking to him to bring a peace of mind and a settled heart because we all have those same fears you do. So I'd encourage you, the message of Jesus is, is that we are all sinners. We're all separated from him, but that he took the initiative by coming to earth and living a life not so much as an example for us, but more as a substitute for us. He did what we could not do. And he died a death that really our lives deserve. And by doing so and rising again, his righteousness is credited to us. And we could be right with God and we could have a relationship with him. I invite you, if you have never crossed that line of faith to do that, to call out to God. My promise to you is if you do, and you let us know about it. We, we would love to walk alongside you, give you resources, help you out in this walk of faith, this newfound decision to live for him. You know, I don't know how this will all turn out. I don't know what six months to 12 months will look like, but I do know that we who are Christians, we do know that everything's gonna turn out all right. Christ has not abdicated the throne. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, hasn't been erased from the Bible. Our problems have always been God's possibilities, and our fear is an invitation. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word, because you revealed who you are, your character and your nature, and it's your word that we look at where we can stand up and say, like David, therefore I shall not be afraid. God, today I pray that you will help us to navigate the season that we're walking through individually and as a church, as a city and as a nation and as a world. That we would look to you and put our trust in you. That we will make a decision based on faith and on truth that will inform our thoughts and that our emotions would follow. God, we thank you for wiring us with the ability to respond to threats. It's a fear that is a gift and a blessing. May we not allow the enemy to wrap us in it and use it for his purposes, that we will live fearlessly and yet have legitimate fears that we bring to you we look to you, Lord, to intervene. We look to you, Lord, to do what only you can do in this season. In Jesus' name, amen.